Welcome back, Sub-Zero Sports, Season 3, Episode 1. Today, we're going to get into Clemson Carolina Bowl games, college football playoff, and NFL Week 18. Let's get it. And we're back. We back, baby. A little layoff there for what? What was it? Three weeks. Took a little holiday break. I think. Well, I was on vacation one week, and then and then holiday, then sick. Well, I think there was a sickness, and then holiday, and then another sickness. Yeah, there were multiple sicknesses. The yeah, sickness all... is just in the air right now. Yeah, it's that it's time crazy. Of year. It's that time of year. It's insanely sick going around. Got the vid going around again. The vid, the flu, everything. I heard there was like a norovirus. What? Some, yeah, some sort of something virus going around. I don't know that. You know they change the name every year, but. Are we about to shut down it's again? Like the same. Ah, I, I think Americans are just over that. I guess we're rolling up on almost three years of COVID. Oh Lord, dude! I remember when we were sitting in an RJ Rockers menu. Menu? Yeah, and I think Andrew was there too. And you're, we were talking about COVID. Like, I don't think it's gonna be that bad. Like, there was like six cases in the U.S. Oh gosh! It had just hit, and you were like, "Yo, this is about to get bad." I'm like, it's only at six. Like, we should be straight. <laughs> Little ne- did we know. Next day, 150. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Next day, 1,000. I was like, oh, God, we're, we're screwed. We're in trouble here. Back we're, when we all thought it was going to, like, kill the whole country, too. It was, like, spreading like that. Was that, was a, pretty, that was a scary few weeks. Two weeks to slow the spread. Yeah. That was, that was a scary couple of weeks when it all first started. Well, we're not dealing with that anymore. And we were trying to do a podcast for the first episode. Hell of a time to start a podcast. Yeah, February awesome. 2020. Killed it. College football. It is the uh, good news is. Let me tell you. Let me put it to you this way. Good news is, South Carolina also lost to Notre Dame. Bad, Bad news, news is, we lost. We got beat by Tennessee. Um, missing their probably what three best offensive players? I guess you could. You could top, argue three of their top five. Argue, we were missing our top two defensive players. Missing our top Trent two Simpson, and Dirty. very important cornerback. Yeah, that, Sheridan that's, Jones. I think more so than anything, that's the one that killed us. Well, obviously, there's Simpson. a lot of things that killed us. You know, what's yeah. more upsetting is like, I mean, just look at the yards, look at the time of possession, look at the plays and first downs, third downs, penalties. We won everything. Couldn't finish. We like it's Name not like game. we got do- the score looks kind of dominant, but it's not like we got dominated. No, it, was it felt like we controlled the game and we couldn't seven finish to drops. three for. Ever. It should have been. Oh, we have three missed field goals. We got a fake field goal. It was like one thing after another just going wrong. Yeah, and I heard some people say if you just make the field goals, well, you can't win. I mean, we can't go back and say, well, we should have been up 15 to 14 on five field goals. You got some yeah. touchdowns. That's, that's more concerning. More, I mean, obviously you don't want to miss three field goals. B.T. Potter, he's capable of missing a field goal, you know, if it's 45-plus, but – He's usually been pretty automatic since his freshman year, and that was kind of surprising to see. I mean, for, to me, running him out there for the 55-yarder was a little dumb. I kind of wish we would have went for that. Yeah, it was well, a big we, momentum swing, and we miss it, and then like boom, they, they have the ball at the 40. It's like they can't go for it because they had just gone for one. Yeah. Or a fake yeah. on the you know 41-yard or just whatever Just put the offense out there, man. Yeah. It was a, a string of bad coaching decisions, honestly, is what it felt like. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, Cade played pretty here, good. He looked like a freshman at some point, that, but he played pretty good for the most part. His stats were pretty good, but 
he did look like a freshman. He was making some mistakes where it's like, hey, probably shouldn't have done that. I didn't like how much he was stepping out of the pocket. I know our O-line wasn't uh, Oh, I don't think the issue was stepping out of the pocket. I think it was running backwards 30 straight yards. <laughs> yeah. If you go sideways, that's cool. Yeah, in yeah, he'd run back 20 yards, and at that point, all you can do is scramble or I try think, to get, find someone at the line of scrimmage. I heard a Tennessee coach, though, before the game compare him to Johnny Menzel. So I knew they were going to play like a very QB-contained offense. So he got some good scrambles by going up the middle. That's how he got most of his, I think he had like 50 rushing yards. But the poor kid ran 20 times, and I think like 14 of them were scrambles. So, I mean, running, I think he felt like he had nowhere to go, yeah. and he ended up just going backwards. I don't know what happened to the offensive line. They've played, that's been one area that hasn't really been a big concern this year. So, especially in pass protection, even even stuck in the pocket DJ didn't get sacked, but what, five times the whole year? Yeah. I mean, like hardly ever. And then next thing you know, poor Cade, man. I'm surprised he made it through four quarters of the game, dude. Maybe because of offensive play calling. Play calling's a little different with Cade in. Because all we had with DJ was a, a run, a screen, a five-yard out, and a deep ball. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you, though, talking about the coaching thing, I'm just so disappointed. I mean, I think I said it after the game, too. I just felt so bad for Cade. You're telling me, first ever start, I'm sorry, but if the game plan was to run him 20 times and throw it 54, I don't really see how you can defend that. And what have we said after every single loss? We should have gave the ball to Shipley more. He touched yeah. the ball four or five times in the first half. Five first half touches. I thought, what are we doing? It's so after simple. we were in the red zone five times, we got three points. He had five total touches. Hey, just get a new OC in there because Streeter, you are not it. Bring Scott back or something and – like, you know, my concern though is like coordinator. I think recruiting, like some stud receivers, would get better if we brought Scott back. But my worry is that it's the same offense. It is. Like maybe Streeter stinks at the play calls, but it's the same offense. And if we don't have receivers like Mike Williams, T. Higgins, Justin Ross, Sammy Watkins, Newt Hopkins, Martavis Bryant, Amari Rogers, Artavis Scott, Jordan Leggett, at I mean, the list goes on and on, right? If we don't have studs though. And a generational quarterback, which who knows, Cade could still be. I, I was impressed, honestly. But if we don't have those two things to make the offensive coordinator look good, like we have for the past six years, is this the new what we can do no. without bringing in a new coordinator? Now, if we bring in a new coordinator, I mean, who knows? You know, yeah. you'd like to think things would get better with a new coach. Kind of hard. Kind of hard to see they say they wouldn't. I feel I like the talent at quarterback better. I like K better than DJ. I like our talent at running back. Obviously, I think receivers need to step up. Uh, I mean, and God is a pretty good receiver, but he just doesn't get a lot of separation. But he wasn't doing terrible. I mean, the thing about God is, is he can't get you a seventy-yard touchdown. No, he can't. He'll get caught. And, and really, other than Antonio Williams, because of speed, which he had such an issue holding onto the ball the second half of the year. But again, a freshman. I don't know if we have anybody. We and don't. that was the that's what we'll, and we'll get to it talking about the playoff games. When you watch TCU, who by the way I got an insane stat I'm gonna throw at you, but when you look at TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, when you look at those teams, they have freaking playmakers all over the mm-hmm. field. I mean, you it, it was a 70 yard touchdown every five minutes. It felt like. Yeah. I mean, those all four, both games, like they had studs. Yeah, they got great defensive backs too, players that are going to play on Sunday. But dude, their wide receivers are so freaking far above Clemson's. It is 
mind blowing. Not looking like receiver you you right now. I don't even know how the gap got that big. It's like I didn't realize it until I was watching the Ohio State Georgia game the other day, and it was just like every single wide receiver was open by 15 yards. Yeah. I'm like, dang, we ain't had that in three years. I feel like we're like missing that deep ball throw to just break away speed like a Deion Kane kind of guy. Oh, for sure we are. Well, yeah, we, I mean, it, it's have, we haven't had someone like him since him, have we? We haven't. I mean, as far as like that kind of player, I mean, we've had obviously good receivers like Mike Williams and Justin Ross and T. Higgins, but Kane was kind of like that breakaway speed, throw the deep ball. He's going to have ten yard separation on him. Yeah, yeah. I feel like anytime we catch a deep ball, they're right on us. Oh, the, I mean, that's if we can even get any separation to get a deep ball. I feel like most of the time that our guys are so blanketed that it either has to be a perfect throw. Or we draw a PI. Yeah. But we never have walk-in touchdowns. I I can't think of a walk-in touchdown this whole season. Not unless a busted coverage or something. I can't even think of one. There was one against Boston College. They had really good separation. Was that that was uh, Antonio Williams down the sideline? Was it Williams? Yeah. Yep. Antonio Williams down the sideline. I feel like I'm thinking of one with Collins. Bo Collins, maybe. Yeah. Could have been Bo Collins. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean. Regardless, that's the biggest issue for Clemson's offseason. It's pretty simple. I, it, it's hard to imagine we're going to fire the guy, right? We're not going to fire Brandon no, Streeter when you just to. went 11-3 and three and won the ACC. But I think Dabo is at a point in his coaching career where he doesn't want to be anything but elite. So it, you at least have to bring in, hopefully, Scott for recruiting purposes and, and, and at least like an analyst, right? One of these head coaching guys has been fired or – one, an OC or you know I'm some something to just bring like a little wrinkle. Don't I mean, that seems like a foregone conclusion that that's a must. Where do you see? Let's do a little little game here. Four years from now, where's our program? Oh man, it's are hard. We, it's hard not to be biased. Staying here. about the same. So we're we trending up or are we going back down? We're trending. We're trending down. I mean, compared to what we were, but we were top of the mountain. There's nowhere else to go other than just continue to win. Yeah, and you know. You look at it, I'm like, man, everyone is so worried about Clemson. Well, Clemson and Bama were basically in the same boat this year. Both lost to Tennessee. Both lost a game they probably shouldn't have. You know, it's just a couple games that Bama shouldn't have. But there, it just see, it just even by saying that, it just feels like their program is just a lot better off, though, right? Oh, I mean, like for recruiting, they're number like one like every year. They're number one every year. And you know and it's not even close. You know, Maybe speaking Georgia. of that, speaking of recruiting, well, the stat I was going to say, I was looking at the college football playoff. I think I saw that uh, Georgia and Ohio State both had like four and five stars combined. They had like sixty-five and sixty-eight. Georgia's first was sixty-eight, four and five stars on the team. Uh, Ohio State was second with like sixty-five. Uh-huh. Michigan was third with like fifty-six, fifty-eight, something like that. They're all three right like there. Ten. TCU has 17. Oh my God. Four and five stars on their team. Wow. And, you know, like my dad mentioned, does that stat right there not tell you all you need to know? Because you know what? When I looked up, how many Clemson has? How many? 62. Really? More than Michigan, only less than Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State. Georgia, actually, second most to Bama overall with 70. Uh, we're the fourth most program as far as four and five stars put on the field this year. We were fourth most in the country. We were not the fourth best team. Coaching. And and like my dad said, first year coach at TCU, but look what an offensive scheme can do. Yeah. 
because none of those kids are four stars, let alone five stars. Who and they're thought, playing for a championship next month. Who would have thought that Michigan game would have looked like that? What was the final score of that damn 51 to 45, wasn't it? Yeah. 51 45. 96 man. total points. What was the over under that game? Probably. Probably 65. 57, yeah, 60. Somewhere around there. Let's see if yeah. I can find it. I mean, same thing for look at uh, Ohio State and Georgia. What did it end up? 42 to 41, right? Mm-hmm. And that over under was definitely less than 83. So. Finally got some good semifinal games this year. Man, they were awesome. I was. It gives you a little bit of hope, at least, for the 12 team playoff that, that these were competitive. <sighs> I think it's going to make it exciting because you're going to. It's, it's going to make it look, fun to watch. Who is the top 12 teams? After the bowl games this year, let's look. Let's do. Well, we, don't, they don't, we don't have a poll out. They won't put another poll out until the Natty's over. Let me see. I'll see. You you say something. I'll. I'll I mean, you can look up the play the twelve from. We'll just look at the AP poll right now. Yeah, just look at the, the current twelve. Yeah. See where that goes. So I think how is it going to work? The top four get a buy. I think. That's how it's going to work. No top. Is it top four? I think so. Yeah, top four. It's top four. Twelve would play five. 11 yep. play 6, and so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. So this year, we would have had Washington be playing Alabama. We'd have Kansas State would be playing Tennessee. We would be playing Utah, and Penn State and USC would play. Competitive games. It's, then, it's not It's not that round I'm worried about. It's, it's that round all those lower-level teams from 5 to 12 have to play a game while 1 through 4 get to sit and rest up. And then one through four are going to beat up on those four is what I'm worried about. I think a cool thing it's going to bring, it's going to bring kind of like that March Madness feeling. Say some upsets. Say Washington beats Alabama. Say that happens somehow. Then they're going in, already pulling off an upset. Can they pull off another upset? Yeah, you're going to get some Cinderella. Yeah, see, see what Cinderella stories we got. But Cinderella's are much less likely in college football than they are college basketball. Oh, no doubt. But it's still possible. I mean, we've seen yeah. App State beat Michigan. We've seen App State beat Texas A&M. Can something like that happen in the playoff? Can yeah, there I mean, be a, a be major upset? And then can there be a major upset back-to-back? Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. I, I'm, I'm for it because I just want to see more football. As a college football fan, it's going to be fun to have more teams in it, more games to watch. Now, another good thing is South Carolina fans probably love the fact it's going to 12 teams they because they'll it. finally have a chance. And the way they think their program's trending, which we'll see. <laughs> i tell you what, they've had a couple guys leave before the bowl game, which hurt them. It really hurt them, losing some of those guys in that loss. But they're waiting on one thing. It, to me, that one decision is going to make or break next year for them. They may disagree. They may have some five-star that they don't. But let's just say they're going to get like a four- or five-star in the next couple years recruiting-wise, and that can that can lift their program. But, but to me, next year depends on Spencer Rattler coming back or not. Yeah, who are they even going to have a quarterback if he doesn't? That's, that's, that's where I'm going with that. <laughs> Who's behind them? They're going to have a freshman coming in as a four-star, but he was only committed to Syracuse. They're all big on him, but and maybe he'll be a stud. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but they stole him from Syracuse basically on signing day. Um, so maybe he'll be good, but as far as what they have next year, I think they really need Rattler. When does the 12 team start next year or is it the year after that? It's 2024. we got one more year of the 14. And it's not, a, it's not even top 12 teams. It's going to be the conference champions. And then uh, best of five school, top like the best of five champion, and then six at large bids. I think is what it's going to be. Yeah, I know for sure the power five. So ACC champ, SEC champ, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac twelve. And, and really, and it, uh, that favors Clemson. Yep. Because 
we no longer have to go undefeated to get in. Just won the ACC. Not only that, if if we are, let's say, well, it benefits everyone. I mean, but here's the thing: eight more yeah. teams getting in, and yeah, for sure. Four. But as a Clemson fan, if you're if we're eleven and one, let's say we dropped one like we've done in the past couple of years regular season, and then we lose the ACC, there's a decent chance we still get in eleven two, not winning the conference. Yeah, being because twelve teams mm-hmm. being Clemson. Obviously, if you win the ACC, you're in. So, awesome. And you're going to be worried about how many SEC teams are going to get in. Watch now, here's, here's six the Six teams and then four SEC at-large bids. Well, here's my question. Well, if you look at it like this year, for example, you couldn't do that because none of them freaking won any games. You would have you would have had Georgia, Bama, and Tennessee. So it would have been it's Georgia, Michigan, TC won the Big 12, and then Pac-12 was USC. No, it was Utah. Utah won. USC would have been at-large. So is that all five? And then Clemson. Right. So we would get a bye. So here, that's my question. The champions get the – or we would the, not top have four, the top four champions so, get the bye. So that's my question. It would have been Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Utah. They were ranked ahead of us? No, we were ranked ahead Utah of us. Utah was ranked seven. We were ranked ten on the, what I see right now. No, here. that that changed. We were six versus seven in the college football playoff rankings. You're the AP. Oh, college Remember? football playoff rankings. That's versus Tennessee was six versus seven. Yeah, they were six. Yeah. We were seven. So we would – that's my question is – they the your automatic berth is for the conference champions, but does that mean you automatically get a bye? Or what if let's just put it, let me put it to you this way: Georgia's twelve and zero. Let's say they play eight and four. Like, let's look what happened this year. Let's say they play nine and three LSU. Let's say LSU wins. You're telling me twelve and one Georgia then doesn't get a bye, Probably and LSU not. will be a top I'd five imagine, team. I would think you should have to rank them. I would think they'd make it the top four conference champions. Okay. That way, I mean, so then like, you're it's still fighting for the four spot. There's always there's always going to be a scenario where some something like that happens, and a really good team doesn't get to buy that where they should have, but they didn't win the conference championship. So just leave it simple. They're putting a big emphasis on conference championships as if they do it that way. I would think that's so. what I'm but thinking. That's like, important. But that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's important. But that's what I'm thinking. Like. Maybe LSU, while they deserve an automatic bid, they're in. Even if they go seven and five and they win a crappy side of the SEC, let's just say like. Is the SEC changing like the ACC as well, where they're changing the top two teams rather than the top of the East know. and top of the West? That's what I'm saying. Because if they're changing as well and it's just the top two teams, it shouldn't be that big of an issue because LSU wouldn't have got in. It would have been Georgia versus Tennessee or Bama in the conference championship. Right, but I don't so know. You're if not they gonna are. get a four-loss team just because they're in the right side of the conference. That will hopefully if they get rid of divisions, that will solve that issue. And I think most conferences are. I know the ACC is. I think Pac-12 the Pac twelve is already, already like that. I think the Big Ten. Big twelve is already like that. Big Ten Big, is changing. Big Ten is changing because they're so picking it's just up the SEC. Yeah, and they, they may be changing too. Yeah, because they're picking up Texas, Oklahoma. They're probably just going to get rid of divisions also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so hopefully that, that solves be, it. That, should be that, a big that would issue. solve that issue. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. I'm I'm done on Clemson, Tennessee. You wanna you wanna touch on the Gamecocks a little bit? What they need their off season? Tough loss for them. Yeah, they they look really good for the first two and a half quarters. You know, and I've and I've said this. Forgive me for saying this over and over the whole year, but they're gonna have to find and hope they got a new coordinator. So next year, that's a question mark for them. They went and got a new coach. Zatterfield left. He fled for what was it, Nebraska? He's following Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the thing for Carolina that they need to do the most in the offseason, two things. We talked about it for Clemson. Clemson's going to be what? Get some playmakers at wide receiver, whatever it takes, and get you an offense coordinator. Probably won't do those things. 
But you look, go back and look at South Carolina. To me, the two things they need to do, they need to find a way to get Spencer Rattler, and they got to find an identity on the offensive side of the football because they're relying too much on what they call Beamer ball. They're relying too much on pick six. Trick plays. They're relying too much on trick plays. They're relying too much on special teams. You need an offensive scheme. And this will and, and hopefully in, in their mind, yeah. Hopefully in their mind, they've solved the issue with this new coordinator hire. I know a lot of their fan base did not like the hire, but that obviously remains to be seen. But those are the two things for me moving forward. They need to worry about. Um, they're going to dip into the portal. I know they kind of have a little bit already stealing a tight end from Arkansas, I believe, when they got their new coordinator. But yeah, they got to find a way to be able to score points because it's going to be a long road ahead if you can't score with your offense. Because two pick sixes and a fake field goal touchdown, and they still lost by seven. Yeah, and they were outgained by 200 yards, 558 at 352. Uh, and defensively, I know they're going to lose some defensive linemen this year, and uh, that's already a weak spot. So we'll see. We'll see what comes of their offseason. They got ran on like crazy. Notre Dame does that to a lot of people. They did that to Clemson as well. Um that's really the only reason they're in the game because the pick six, two picks, field goal touchdown, and they outgained by a lot. Time possession was th- in uh, thirteen minutes in Notre Dame's favor. So I mean, Notre Dame kind of dominated that game if it wasn't for three plus. I mean, in Carolina had such a a hot start. Also, no, you know, it was really uh, it really wasn't as close as the game made it seem. Now, obviously, it came down to the end, right? Came down to the wire, but. If you're looking at overall recap of the game, South Carolina got beat in first downs, third down efficiency, fourth down efficiency, total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, um, penalties. Every category you can think of. Yards per rush, done possession. I mean, the only thing they won was turnovers. turnovers. Yeah. And they only won that 3-2. to two. But they won that on the scoreboard, which is what kept the game close. So... Like I said, that, I mean, to me, that's what it's going to come down to for their offseason. It's really important that they keep Spencer Rattler. I'm hearing mixed reports come out of there about if he's gone or not. Uh, I think he wants to be gone. I think he's worried about where he'll, where he'll be drafted. And you got to think he's going to fall at least through third round at the earliest. I think that's wishful thinking, too. Right? I, mean, I, I mean, because he's played like crap up until the Tennessee game. Correct. I mean, he's a good game versus Tennessee, good game versus us. And then, solid game, okay game versus Notre Dame. But I think if you if he if you're him and you're talking to scouts or you're trying to convince them, you're saying, we gave up 45 to Notre Dame, we gave up 30 to Clemson, we gave up 30 to 38 to Tennessee. He's probably gonna say, look what I can do, because I just won those games and almost carried us to the Notre Dame. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He's probably saying that was all me. I'd have been better the rest of the season if I had anything to work with. How long do they have to decide if they're declaring or not? I think by uh, mid-January or yeah, end of January. Like pretty, pretty soon. Within because the, uh, the transfer portal closes for sure. So those kids have to decide. Uh, but we're in like a – I think it's like a week-long dead period right now or 10-day or something like that yeah, where you can't recruit. Yeah. So where you can't transfer portal, whatever it is. Um, and then after that, it opens back up, I think, until signing day. They have, they have to do something before signing day, which is on, what, February 12th, 10th, mm-hmm. something like that. Mid-February. So, at the latest, I think they have until signing day. Gotcha. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if he's gone, uh, Gamecocks are going to need a quarterback, and a lot of you were upset with what it will take, um, what, what the offensive coordinator hired. 
So we'll see what he's got. On to the Natty. Natty preview. TCU beats Michigan in a shootout. Heck of a football game. And Georgia. I mean – Wins in a heck of a football game against Ohio State. I mean, heck of a football game. How about the Ohio State kicker missing the field goal basically as it turned midnight? Yeah. I mean, like almost to the second. I think they said it was to the second. Like he was kicking it as the ball dropped. Yeah. That's crazy. But uh, TCU, Michigan, TCU jumps out on top. And really, let's go ahead and throw this out there. The start they had against Michigan is the start they will have to have against Georgia. You have to. Because Ohio State couldn't hold a lead against Georgia, TCU's going to have a hard time even if they get one. I just don't really see any way that that, that championship goes their way. Uh, right now they're 12.5-point dogs. I like them to cover. This seems like a lot to me in a national championship. Those kids believe they're going to win the game. I'm not going to count out Max Duggan. Looks like on ESPN lines down to 12.5. Yeah, 12.5. Um, I can't imagine that the FPI is giving Georgia less than like 70%. I haven't seen it, but it's 72. I'm, 72, yeah. So right around there. Um, I kind of feel that right, Georgia's going to win the game. I'll go ahead and say that. Georgia's going to win the game. They're going back to back champs. They're the best team. They're the best team in college football. They should win. And got the ma- better matchup for them. Better matchup for them, for sure. 100%. And uh, do you start talking about. The Georgia team, as one of the best ever, should they be what will be the what the fourth fifteen and up? I think they'll be the yeah. fourth fifteen and up. LSU, us, Bama in twenty in the COVID year. No, they weren't fifteen and up. That was a COVID short short year. Yeah, that is. But they were undefeated. Yeah, but they didn't go fifteen and up. So it'll be the third one. So it'll be the third fifteen and up. I think out of the fifteen and up teams, they're the worst. They're the worst because you're going to beat a, t- a TCU team. No, just look at some of their. Talent it is not as eye popping. Stetson Bennett's their quarterback. I mean, how's the but team? You got to probably rank the LSU number one, and then us at two, and then Georgia at three. Yeah. Now, defensively, Georgia might be one. Yeah. But there's two sides of football. Let's look at quarterbacks of all three of the teams: Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Stetson Bennett. <laughs> that blows my Dude, mind. That should show y'all how good they are at every other position. That's another thing as well to think about. Obviously, Georgia is very talented. Who's going to be their quarterback next year? Oh, they have plenty. Maybe. I mean, we haven't seen them play, but, but still, they're five stars. Maybe, but they don't have any experience. Stetson Bennett True. is 25 years old. He's the yeah. same age as Josh Allen. He's the same age Josh as me, Josh Allen's dude. in his third and fourth season in the NFL. Yeah. Like, this dude's still playing college football, so you know his knowledge there. He's been around college football forever. He knows how it works. He's comfortable. Yeah. And he's very good at doing what he does. And he's a winner. So let's see what happens when Georgia puts in an 18-, 19-year-old, very talented quarterback probably, but not any experience. See if they take a step back from that. Here, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you a bold prediction here. Georgia, this part's not the bold part, but Georgia is the new it program. It's no longer we want Bama. It should be we want Georgia. And for me, I'm going to go ahead and say when they replace Stetson Bennett with whoever's next, I know they have a lot of talent on that team. It's going to be a QB battle in the spring between basically like three five stars. My prediction is that they get better. They don't take a step back. I think they take another step forward. Well, yeah, I, like I said, I mean, it's probably going to be a more talented quarterback, but you're going to see that inexperience. You're going to see an 18, 19-year-old guy see if they're I smart. I mean, this is, again, again, back-to-back years, they're going to lose a bunch on the defensive side of the ball to the NFL draft. I think I mean, it was, a lot of those kids are going to go. Last year they had, was it like six guys 
draft in the first round on defense or five. It was a lot. Yeah, it was like the most ever in one year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like personally, still Bama's the it program. If maybe if Georgia beats Bama next year in the conference championship. Oh come on, now. come on. Then they are. Come on. We want back to back Natty champs. Yeah. You're the it program. How can you not be? Over what duration of period? Just over the past right two now? years. That's seven hundred and something days, brother. I'm talking like overall though. Overall, right now, Who's give me the dogs. Recruiting? Is it Bama Alabama's or Georgia? number one. Is Georgia over them? No, Alabama's number one recruiting. But so they're still the it program. No. Well, it, what matters is what you put on the field, though. Yeah. You don't think Bama's going to be right back next year? I think Bama will be right back, but exactly. guess who they're replacing? Bryce Who's going to be hard to replace, Bryce Young or Stetson Bennett? Definitely Bennett. And outside of the quarterback position, which team do you think has more talent? I think it's Georgia. This year? Next year. We'll see. I'm telling you. Watch. The dogs are better. Watch. I'm worried. Crimson, we, I mean, Crimson Tide will beat I, the dogs next thing. year. Here's the thing. Wait, hold on. Say that again. If they play, Crimson Tide will beat the dogs next year. In the SEC championship? Can we pull I it up if they have they a regular, play season? The regular season? Let's look at it. Probably right. not. Georgia and Bama get the luckiest SEC schedules every single year. Yeah, they somehow normally – the uh, best conference, and they somehow never play anyone every year other than one game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to play them next year. But, I mean, you got to think SEC championship they probably will, right? You would think. No, they do not play next year in the regular Imagine season. Imagine that. It's uh, – golly, listen to this Bama schedule real quick. Talk about – everybody talking about the ACC. Middle Tennessee State, home against Texas – at South Florida, who I think won one game this year with Jeff Scott. Mm-hmm. Home against Ole Miss. At Mississippi State. At Texas A&M. Home against Arkansas. Home against Tennessee. Home against LSU. At Kentucky. Chattanooga at Auburn. Pretty favorable. Yeah, give me a – can we write it down now that I want Alabama in the playoff? Yeah, right. Can I put that in there right now? Because they're not losing two games, and if they lose one, they're in. Tennessee's going to take a big step back next year. It's going to be Georgia and Bama again, in my opinion, in that conference. Yeah, I'm not saying Bama can't and won't win the national championship next year. They obviously have the talent to do so. They're going to have the talent to do so every single year. But if you made me pick right now, next five years, which program do I think is still up there? I'm going Georgia. Over Bama? Yeah. Over the next five years? Yeah. I disagree. We also need to talk about how long 73-year-old Saban's going to be there. Once Saban's gone, look for they Bama take to start going down. Yeah. They take a setback for sure. You would think at least. Because you look at let's look at like college basketball. Look at like Duke. At least Krzyzewski, whenever he left, he basically groomed John Shire to just keep doing what he was doing. Yeah. Bama doesn't have that because they lose coordinators every single year. Maybe uh, Saban starts telling people, hey, I only got a couple years left, so if you want a head coaching job, start just doing what I'm doing. What I think is going to happen is Bama will just try and go hire, like, the biggest high-profile candidate, like a Dabo or a Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll go get somebody like that. I can't imagine their turnover stops at coordinator because they just keep bringing, like, NFL guys or head coaching Watched guys that are fired. NFL guys. And they're just killing it with the, with the new and improved offense. <sighs> so, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. But as far as Natty Talk goes, I got the dogs. And uh, definitely, I, I like the 12 and a half, though. I, I really do. I think TCU's going to fight. I mean, they're a bunch of freaking fighters. We were talking about it earlier. You'll know if TCU's going to cover within the first five minutes of the game. 100%. Just seeing how they react in the trenches, 
seeing who, obviously who gets the ball first. TCU gets the ball first. They go down the drive and score, or is Georgia just three and out? Uh, Georgia gets the ball first. Do they, you know, I don't think they go three and out, or do they have a good little drive? Do they get seven? Do they kick a field goal? I feel like once you see Georgia get the ball and TCU get the ball, what you see from those two possessions, you'll know right away if TCU is going to cover or not. Yeah. And, I mean, little things. Little things matter. Semifinal. Georgia basically played a home game. Yep. Played right in their backyard. California got it across the entire nation. I think I saw someone say that that stadium was 80% dogs. That's a home game. And Georgia was there last year. Georgia was in the Natty in 2017. They're playing in California. That's a long trip for fans. Sure They're kind of used to being there. TCU has not been there. You would think they're going to travel very well for this game. I know a couple big-time dog fans have already said, nah, we're not going. You could easily see this. And thinking that they're playing TCU, this should be a blowout. It's not like we're playing a super high-profile team. You could see this being like a 75 25% oh, TCU, TCU fan base. Fans are going to be there. This could be a TCU home game. I think the TCU fans are going to get out there because they're be. probably not getting back to this position. Think about how many fans we had out there in Arizona in 2015. Yeah, 100%. That was a 70 30% Clemson fan base. After after they'd been there forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not that it mattered because we lost the game. So another could aspect be a very to look at thing, but – I probably like TCU to cover. It's a little bit of heart pick as well. Definitely, so the thing, definitely cheer cover, for the Horn Frogs. If they cover, they're gonna have to score at least thirty-one, don't you think? I feel like Georgia's gonna almost score at will on their defense. Michigan just hung forty-five. You would think. And that was with Michigan having what two pick sixes? This two is, pick sixes. Yeah, that's probably gonna be. Yeah, but then at the same time, it's like you think Georgia's gonna score at will. Can TCU score at will in Georgia's D? That's what I'm saying. But they did score at will on Michigan's defense. Basically, every time Michigan was like, oh, we're making this game, TCU was like, no, 75-yard touchdown. No. It's going to be fun. Looks like it's probably going to be another high-scoring game. What's the over-under at? I don't know. I haven't 65? We go 65. I could see that. That's probably a good good guess. I don't know. TCU's – I mean, let's just throw a score prediction out there. Let me see what over-under said that. I kind of like a close game, man. I don't know. 62 and a half, is that what 62 they said? 62 and a half. Yeah. I kind of like the over there. Yeah, I do too. Give me the dogs. Maybe TCU finds a couple turnovers to keep it close. Give me uh, 38-34 dogs. Give me the dog. The dog pick of the week. TCU wins this game. 38 oh, 35. I don't think T- I don't know if 38 would be enough. You like that? I love that. Little, I mean, little, little dog pick the of dog the week. pick of the week against the dogs. You thought I was going to I thought dogs you were going there. dogs because you've been saying for the past 30 minutes that Georgia's going to win the game. So, yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought you were nah, going dogs. In all seriousness, Georgia probably will, but I'm just, I'll just throw it out there. Since yeah, you're, out so there. you're going Georgia, I'll go TCU. Yeah. Give me TCU to win it. Uh, I said 38 35. Uh, give me 41 38, actually. Yeah, I think they're gonna. Still I think points. for TCU to win, they need forty. Yeah, for sure. NFL, come on, frogs! Incredibly sad event on Monday Night Football. Uh, Bengals Bills game. I'm sure at this point, basically everyone um, that was watching, you know, knows what happened uh, to Bills safety Demar Hamlin. He's still hospitalized right now. Um, Heard reports saying that. Uh, Signs of improvement. Signs of improvement, making good progression there. 
But still in critical condition. For those of you who don't know, uh, he collapsed in the uh, on the field during the game after a hit with Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins, where they had to end up doing CPR on the field for a number of minutes. Uh, he was transported to, uh, I believe it was UC Hospital mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. And, uh, yeah, prayers up for him. I mean, that's all we really can do. Hopefully he's in the best of hands there. I know they're doing everything they can to get him back on track. But uh, super sad, super sad thing. First time, you know, I've, I've worked with sports on the on the medical side of things for a long time, and um, for, first time I've ever seen anything like that happen. On this level of football? Uh, to me, at least with my eyes, ever. Yeah. I've never seen uh, CPR being done on a field like that. So, um, yeah, I saw something super sad. where I was talking about the four scariest injuries in NFL history all happened on Cincinnati's field. Really? You got Antonio Brown getting hit real hard in the head. Vontez Burfitt. Yeah. That was a very scary hit. Tua earlier this year. Yeah, that was also very Ryan scary. Ryan Shazier when he broke his neck. Yep. Or what he broke something yep. in this one. Yeah, those were all like uh, neurological. All at Cincy. All at Cincy. And those weren't like broken bones. I mean, it was like neurological. Like Wasn't he, the Ryan Chase here like a broken neck or something? Yeah, but I mean like, I'm talking like yeah, neurological. One, it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't Antonio like Brown the joke. Thi- it wasn't like Theisman injury. Yeah, yeah. Because that was scary, but like in a way different injury. way. And this one was like kind of like, hits him, seems fine. And just falls down, has yeah. a heart attack. Yeah. Stood up really slow. Tell he was wobbly and then just went back down. But so prayers out, obviously to him, his family, the Bills organization. It's hard to hard to play a football game when someone has a heart attack on the field. They obviously suspended the game, and it's more than likely probably going to suspend or just uh, cancel the game. And, and um, to me, it's, it, they obviously made the right call in the moment. You can't expect, can't especially Buffalo, but really either team, if, if they saw that with their eyes. But you just can't expect anybody to play football. No. And. Uh, and I think, you know, they had him out on the field like they're about to start playing. I don't think people really understood what was going on. And then, right. you know, probably the league office called in and said, hey, we need to suspend the game. Everyone go in there and we need to see what's going on with this guy. Well, actually what I saw was the Bills agreed to continue. And then Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach, trotted across the field, talked to Sean McDermott, head coach of the Bills, and said, we cannot play this game. Yeah. Like, you guys are in no shape. I don't know if anyone is at this point to play this game. And that's when they said, can we at least just go to the locker room and talk this over? And, and especially ultimately being suspended. With the game that it was. I mean, you got a 12-3 and three Bills team playing at yeah, 11-4 and four Cincy team with the second last week in the regular season. Like, yeah. it was a very big game yeah. for the for playoff yeah. uh, bracket. So. And as sad as it all is, the, <clears throat> a Super Bowl champion will still be crowned, and you don't want to make a hasty decision by forcing those teams to play and then it matter in late February. Yeah. So – uh, good job there to at least not play the game. Um, like you said, because of the a point in time in the season that it's happened, um, I don't really see how you can how you can even reschedule it. I mean, there's just there's no, no way to do left. it. There's no way to do it. Yeah. Um, got uh, Saturday games, Sunday games this week. Obviously, the Bills and the Bengals are already playing. Right. And then NFL Next playoffs playoff. start the week after that. So yeah. you're gonna play a game on Wednesday or Thursday, and then make them turn around and play three days later. Right. So, so that's not happening. Not going to happen. The game's probably not going to happen. Um, I say the only way it could have happened is if the Bengals and Bills. It was like the old playoffs where the top two teams get a buy, and yeah. that was the Bengals Bills. So they're like, okay, just make them play on four days notice. They're both the top two teams anyways. Right. So then we can decide where to put them one or two. Or if they're top two they teams anyways, then who cares if they play? Yeah. They're going to be top two. But because of the Chiefs, that's not the scenario. 
Um, but yeah, just a really sad thing. Hopefully, Demar Hamlin's okay. And um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. I, I don't know how they're gonna do. I don't know what they're gonna do. I'm sure they've been talking about it basically since it happened, as far as figuring out the right way to handle it moving forward. But a very tough situation. I'd like to see what they say caused it. Yes, me too. Like me what? Too. Obviously, T. Higgins kind of headbutted him in the upper chest, neck area, and then he seems fine. Gets up, heart attack. I mean, it was blunt trauma to the chest, but that's nearly every play in football. Yeah, and you got to think they're wearing shoulder pads. That's protected. Yeah, they're wearing chest plates. Uh, uh, it wasn't a very hard hit, in my opinion, compared to what we've what seen. What you've seen from other times. other plays. It's um, not the hardest hit we've ever seen. I mean, it's good little good little smack to the chest, but yeah, there's a lot of rumors really going around. A lot of rumors going around. Obviously, don't want to speculate on anything like that. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see because very scary. I mean. Who knows? Like I said, first time for me seeing something like that um, live, especially like you know, we were watching it live. But yeah, just. Do you see uh, Skip Bayless's tweet? Yeah, and I, I I don't get the hate. You don't get it. This you do or see, don't get it. I, I haven't I, I haven't seen I word for I word. I don't agree with the hate. I basically I basically saw that he's canceled. I don't agree with the hate. Let me I don't see understand why. If the tweet's still even up. But you know how anti we are against this cancel culture thing. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's canceled. You can't say anything. Uh, it, I think although I it, deleted it. it. It will be. I'm sure you can find it somewhere, though. It's like a Google picture. Or okay, here it is. So this is what he said. This is what he's getting canceled for. No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, dot, 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 which suddenly seems so irrelevant. So to me, it's not what he said, it's when he said it, probably. Obviously. Because it was, saying, it was directly after the kid was, like, dead on the field. Yeah. And But know. he's saying this game, this is a very important NFL game to the NFL season. Right. But it doesn't seem irrelevant. But how did they postpone it, but it doesn't seem irrelevant? I don't. I don't see anything wrong with it. Obviously, cancel culture's all over it, and everyone is. But everyone's gonna hate it. I mean, pe- there's been the multiple people Bayless that have made comments that have probably kind of latched on. But one of the most hated, or uh, yeah, he's already hated already. Announcers, there's not announcer, analyst, whatever he is. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm the same way. I, I I think it's not what he said; it's when he said it because it was it was right after it happened, right? Yeah. So that's the big thing is people were probably just kind of like. I think the hate is more so coming from like, hey, bro, why are you even talking about that right now? Mm-hmm. More than it is the actual words that were tweeted. Well, so, I think it's, could he have been a little smarter and maybe kept that one in the pocket until his undisputed show the next morning? Probably. And it's probably also people taking that out of context. They probably don't look at his other tweets saying like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They just see that one tweet in particular. Yeah, and that's what the one they send around to everybody yep. they've ever met. Yeah. And that's now just he how has to issue some big apologies. Uh, yeah. Shannon wasn't even on the show for the entire day because of it. Really? Yeah. It's a little excessive. Know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a super terrible thing. Super terrible, super sad. But it's a discussion that is going to have to happen about do they reschedule, do they not? Yeah. Right after the injury, yeah, probably not the best time to bring it up. But it's still a discussion that will have to happen. So we'll see what the NFL decides. I think they're very limited on options, but no, yeah. they're gonna have to cancel it. That's like the only option. Yeah, that's there's no way of making up the game. Yeah, yep, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And and you know, maybe the NFL in the future 
will kind of plan a little bit for, I mean, I don't want to say something like this, but I mean, maybe, it's, maybe it's lightning. Maybe it's, you know, things are going to happen occasionally. I mean, maybe even rarely, but games will be canceled for some reason. It's not like this is, there's obviously games being canceled for COVID, but has a game ever been canceled because of an injury? No, I don't think so. Yeah. At least, at least, I don't, well, maybe. What about like, I don't know. I don't think the Ryan Chazier did. What about like, and I guarantee, or, dude, or back they play, then, they just played on, right? Yeah. They weren't freaking pansies like they are now. Mm-hmm. Well, I will. I mean, I will say though, I was an ad- advocate for not playing the game. Yeah, I mean, the guy almost died on the field, but just in re- injuries like Theisman breaking his leg, horrific injury, terrible. You're still playing the game because it's not like life-threatening. Yeah, agree. This one's life-threatening. I understand this one. I agree. All right. But hell, even back in the '80s, if someone would have had a heart attack on the field, I bet they still play the game. They might would have. They might would have. Yep. What games? We well, got? we still have one more week. You want to talk the NFL regular season? Titans Jags, important game. Titans Jags. This is one of my locks of the week. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars minus six to win the freaking division. That's the Jacksonville right. Jaguars to finish nine and eight, win the division, and get a home playoff game. You heard that right. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get a home playoff game as long as they beat the Tennessee Titans starting Joshua Dobbs at home Saturday night. So what happened to Willis? Is he, he just got hurt? No, he's, he's just trash. Just trash, yeah. Ooh, good draft pick. Yep. Uh, no, Justin Fields is not playing. Bills got the Patriots at home. Saints, please beat Carolina so we can get a better draft pick. Yes, yes. I'll probably go ahead and take Saints as a little money line lock because we never play good in New Orleans. Yeah, but they're favored by what? Three and a half. The money line's probably a horrible payout. It's probably like minus 160. No, I bet it's more than that. I bet they're minus 200. For three and a half points? Let's see if I Does can it find say that on ESPN? I don't know. I'm looking. They're minus 190. Minus 190. Panthers uh, are plus 158. Uh, 71% of the country riding the Saints minus three and a half. The only problem, I'd stay away from this game because the game doesn't matter for either team. For sure. Neither, neither one can make the playoffs, so you want to sure. stay away from those games. That's the thing is 75% of the games don't matter. Jets-Dolphins, does that game matter at all? That game matters because if the Dolphins went all three of Patriots, Jets, Dolphins can still get in. Bengals-Ravens, Bengals favored by seven points. Let's talk about that little trio real quick, though. Patriots at 8-8 eight and eight, playing at Buffalo. Jets at 7-9, and nine, Dolphins at 8-8. Eight and eight. All three of them can still get a wild card spot. As it stands right now. The Jets? Yes. Jets can't. Jets are eliminated? Yeah, they're Jets eliminated. Jets are eliminated. That's yep. right. The Dolph- Dolphins, Patriots. So if the Dolphins win, the Dolphins need a Patriot loss and a win. And they're in. So if they both, if if they they both, both win, win, New England, New England gets in. in. Correct. So what does Pittsburgh need? Pittsburgh needs the Jets to win, the Bills to win, and they have to win. So if Miami wins, New England loses, and Pittsburgh win, Miami gets in over Pittsburgh. Correct. Right. So, so that's the, the AFC side. NFC side, Seattle's at seven right now, and Detroit and Green Bay are in it. Everyone else is eliminated. Uh, Detroit, and it's Detroit, Detroit versus it's Detroit on. versus Green Bay for the eight spot. Are they playing? Yes, they're playing. Woo! Well, technically, for the eighth spot, seven get out. I mean, for, for the seventh spot, because Seattle's in it right now, 
But if Green Bay wins, I know they get it. I don't know. I don't, it doesn't matter with Seattle. I just know if Green Bay wins, they get it. So maybe if, if Detroit, Detroit wins, wins and they Seattle, need Seattle wins. To lose. Yep, yep. So Green Bay wins, they're in. Detroit wins, they need Seattle to lose. And Seattle wins, they need Detroit to win. Right, right. Well, let's go Lions and let's go Rams. Uh, give me Green Bay, for sure. Take uh, give me the Lions to cover. It's in Green. It's Bay. in Green Bay. And they're actually Sunday like night somehow game. not playing terrible lately. But and so the Lions, Lions aren't either. Um, it's just one of those games. The, you they like. just beat the Vikings forty-one to seventeen at the Dolphins twenty-six to twenty. Give, I'm going Green Bay here. What the hell's the deal with the Vikings? They're like the most inconsistent team ever. Oh, listen to this. I saw a stat that said if you reversed the result of every one-possession game that happened in the NFL this year, the Jags would be 11-5. and five. The Vikings would be 1-15. <laughs> yeah. That's how many games they've won. By one possession? By one possession. Wow. Yeah. They'd be 1-15. Browns would also be 11-5. and five. And they're 12-4. and four. Yep. So uh, give me the Vikings to go ahead and get beat by whoever they play in the first round. Yeah. Because I just don't think they're looking very good. like they would play. I mean, Kirk Cousins are going to have to play at nighttime. This right now, they'd so. be playing the Giants. Oh wow, no, they, they could beat them. Yeah, <laughs> they'll probably beat them. Wait, but, wait, wait. Yeah, but, the Giants. But after that, Philly gets a bye. San Fran will play the seven seed. But they're done as far as what? So they'd be the three. So then they right now, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota's going to be the three seed so unless San Fran loses and Minnesota wins. Right. Right. Stan, all three of them can still get the one seed, though. Am I correct? Aren't they yeah. all 12 and 4? No, nah, Eagles are 13 and 3. Eagles got to lose. If, if Eagles lose and Vikings win, I know they're the one. Yeah. I don't know where San Fran plays into it. I guess if San Fran wins and Eagles lose, maybe they're the one. Do they play this year? I don't know. I know the Vikings lost to the Eagles 24 to 7. I don't think they played San Fran. Yeah. Maybe not. Neither team? Neither team played San Fran? I know the Eagles didn't. What about the Vikings, though? Does that matter? Eagles beat the Vikings earlier this year. Right. So they don't have the tiebreaker over them? I don't know. I just know somehow the Vikings aren't out of it. I don't know. I don't know how tiebreakers work in the NFL. It don't make no dang sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Well, well let's look at games that are I can read it to you right here. I can read it to you right here. San Fran... Wins tiebreak over Minnesota based on best win percentage in conference games. So it's conference record. Right. Uh, which is how San Fran can still get the one. Because so the heads don't matter. Conference, San Fran's 9-2. and two. Uh, Minnesota's out of it, I believe, because they're 7-4 and four conference. So it's got to come down to if Philly loses and San Fran wins, San Fran can still get the one. Otherwise, it goes to Philadelphia. Okay. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting out of this. But wait a minute. I'm pretty sure. So I think you're wrong on Green Bay. Maybe I am. This says for Seattle, wins tiebreak over Detroit based on the head-to-head win percentage. Division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate Green Bay. Detroit wins tiebreak over Green Bay based on head-to-head win percentage. And then, yeah, Detroit wins over Green Bay. Okay, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So Green Bay needs to win and Seattle lose? So, wait, but you're telling me that the Eagles still then have not clinched the NFC East. So, they could be the one seed or the five seed 
If they yeah, lose and the, Dallas, wins, Dallas is twelve and four. Yeah, if they lose and Dallas wins, Dallas wins the division, correct? And they could be the one seed. And they could be the one seed because Dallas is four and one in division play, and Philly's three and two. Dude, that'd be so big for Dallas, going from the five seed having to play at Tampa Bay to going to the one seed, getting a bye and home field advantage. But if you're the Eagles and you blow this one seed after being thirteen and one, that's bad. That's bad. But you also your starting quarterback was gone. Yeah, but you've lost to, okay, get your quarterback back. You have to freaking beat the Giants this weekend when you're favored by 14 points. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should. They should. But they probably should have beat the Saints at home. All right, so let's go to important games. Jaguars, Titans. We're both taking Jags here. Jags. Give me the cover, too. Uh, we'll just talk, like, Bengals-Ravens. Bengals minus seven. Oh, man. Uh, Lamar Jackson's back. At Cincy. But I'm still taking Cincy. Seven's a lot, though. Seven is a lot. Give me Ravens Ravens to cover. Give me Baltimore to cover, yeah. Uh, Jets, Dolphins. Jets minus one at Miami. I like Dolphins' money line here, lock of the week. I like that. The Jets just stink. I've been saying it all year. Steelers, Browns. I guess Steelers are still fighting for a spot. Steelers are still fighting for a spot. Browns doesn't matter. Who cares? Steelers win. Give me Browns to win. They missed the playoff. Pittsburgh's favored by three. Give me Cleveland plus three. I like Cleveland plus three. They're probably still going to be trying just to get their mojo with Deshaun. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Eagles, Giants. Eagles minus 14 at home. Um, Give me the Giants to cover. Give me the Eagles to win. 14's a lot. That is a lot. At least they're at home, though. I'll just go opposite. We're doing the same. too much of the same. Give me Eagles at home minus 14. Okay. Um, and then Packers-Lions, Packers minus four and a half. I like – oh, man. That this, feels this, so feels, this feels like a Packers win by three kind of game. I like it. feels like a Lions cover, Packers it, win. It does. Packers are going to win, I think. I'm, I'm cheering for the Lions. Like Me too. But I think the Packers, especially being at home, Lambeau in January, on my birthday at night. So are we, are we thinking that this game is not – what about Seattle? If Seattle wins, that game doesn't matter, correct? I think – yeah, I think if Seattle wins, they're in. Because they own the head-to-head over Detroit. I swear I saw something, though, that said if Seattle wins, they could still not be in. That's why they flex Detroit and Green Bay at 8 o'clock at night. I don't know. Maybe. I, have no I don't idea. know. Give me Seattle to win. They're favored by 6.5 at home against the Rams. Um, I'm going Green Bay, but I like the Lions to cover 4.5. Well, I really hope Detroit doesn't somehow win the game and not get in the playoffs. Yeah, if they're nine and eight and don't get in, that's gonna stink. Yeah. Especially if it's to the nine and ten, nine and eight Seahawks, who also stink. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be a fun game to watch. True. Detroit actually fighting for a playoff spot. It will be. And mixed in with all that, they're not playing any great teams. Chiefs at Raiders, Bills home against Patriots, um, and uh, Bengals home against Ravens. They all can still get the one seed. Yeah. Well, let's go, Jags. Let's go Jags. Second year, Trevor been playing good the past few weeks, and uh, Panthers need you to lose, so we can get probably number eight. We usually pick around number eight, so bingo. That put us like at it. six and eleven. I like it. That's the uh, first episode of twenty twenty three. How about it? Back at you, season three. We're gonna do either uh, a season per year or two seasons per year. We'll decide see on how that. We, we, see, we see if we want to put out. We'll just see how we feel come like June. Forty-five episodes. We you know take a couple breaks, but 
Back at you. Almost done here with college football. We'll recap uh, the Natty next week. See what happens with that sad. game. Let's go Horn Frogs. That's super sad. And then we'll have a couple weeks left of NFL, and then football's done till uh, till August. Super depressing. We'll, we'll talk, talk a little in probably April for like spring yeah, games. Yeah, spring games. Yeah. Everybody gets hyped up about their team. Probably talk a little bit uh, in February of signing day. Yeah, maybe see who finishes the top recruiting class and that sort of deal. I guess we'll be on to uh, basketball and baseball starting up. And baseball uh, start up. And we'll have to figure out how we'll, uh, we're going to. We'll, we'll be rolling into March Madness. We've been kind of doing the same podcast for a few months here. Yeah, we're we'll gonna switch have to it up. Start we'll changing switch it up. some stuff up. We'll do here. some fun stuff. We'll go. Uh, we'll be able to roll into March Madness. Maybe start, we'll make some fun bets for Madness. Start doing some our NBA picks of the week again. Maybe we could go somewhere. Maybe we could go to like a uh, sports book or something, casino or something, to watch some March Madness. Do a Cherokee. Little, do a little like live podcast from from Cherokee. Oh, that'll be in April. Will that? Will we be there then? No, it'll be in May. It'll be in March. March Madness. We'll go for Doesn't like the. Get we'll go April for like that? the. Yeah, for the Natty. The Natty's like April second or third. But we no, dude. Is that going to get into mid-April? No, I'm saying we could go for like the first two big weekends though. Oh yeah. We just roll up there and like oh, that'd be see fun. all the upsets. Yeah. Maybe do a live podcast from Cherokee or something. Dude, they're set up sweet. They got like thirty screens up there. That's pretty fun. And they have the best game on the huge screen in the middle. I know it was like that in Vegas. There was like it was hard to even watch a game because there's like a hundred TVs. The only bad part is there's no audio. Yeah, true. True. Or there wasn't any audio for uh, it's only audio for the main one I think. Yeah, that's that's what they normally do. And then I was there for the UFC 280 card and they didn't have audio for the fights. Uh that's still be fun though. It was fun watching them announce Sugar though, and he won and everyone go crazy. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> That'd be fun. We'll figure something out. We'll do some fun stuff. We got a long 2023 ahead. It's gonna be a good one. Yes, sir. Well, we enjoy y'all. Sorry for the little holiday break, but we're back at you once a week, talking your favorite sports, talking your favorite nonsense. Sub-Zero Sports. Finish this out, brother. As always, go follow us on Instagram. Post some cool stuff on there. Uh, we're going to start doing some fun stuff. We're going to figure some things out moving forward, but uh, we'll switch it up. Have some fun times. Sub-Zero Sports. We out.